I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. All right, well, it's uh, just me and Tay. Brian is um, uh, sick. Although the other day we were recording, you said something to a guest that basically sounded like Brian had passed away recently. Well, he was, he was not. He Can was, you imagine if Brian died and wasn't with we, us. Like, that's how we addressed it on the show. Like, we just, we never like talked about it on the show, but like we're talking to a guest and then we're like, yeah, and our, you know, our former, our former host who is no longer with us, uh, he, he once said, and then like, like just never really mentioned it. Except for that. And then everyone was really confused as to whether he just wasn't there that day. Yeah. Or maybe he's dead. Brian's not dead. Just sick. Um, and on the mend. He could be t- he could be dead by the time this comes out. We don't Possibly. know. I'm not, I'm not really a fortune teller. No idea where, where anything will go. Um, I'm sad that Brian's not here because I feel like he would love this first story. Oh, you're going to talk about AI. Not really, but I'm talking about AR. Okay. Augmented yep. reality. Mm-hmm. So um, there's this new, I mean, it is kind of like AI-powered um, smart glasses that uh, this guy created that allows deaf people to see conversations in, with, with real-time subtitles um, as, huh. as well as um, uh, like a rewind chat feature. Okay, so it's branded as XRAI glasses, or sorry, XRAI glass. Um, uh, it uses ordinary augmented reality AR glasses synchronized to a smartphone app with AI powered software software. So they would use like, um, like the, like the Facebook, uh, Ray-Ban glasses, for example. And this is like a, this is like so, a, yeah, sort of like, like that, a, like an integration yeah. with that. Yeah. So you patch it into, <clears throat> you, you take, you take the glasses, you put them on, there's a, there's like a input on the glasses with a cord that runs to your phone. Um, the software has potential utilization for just a, about anyone and gives the user a new kind of personal assistant that remembers uh, what they've forgotten. Uh, the AI assistant employs deep learning technology to write back even the most complicated questions. Some of the learning mechanisms include large-scale learning models. So this has live captioning built in that can translate over nine languages. Okay. Okay. So the app um, uh, possesses the ability to to translate on the spot nine different languages. That's cool. In in pretty pretty much real time, um, and they're expecting more in the coming months. Uh, the guy, uh, the founder, um, co-founder Mitchell Feldman said, "Imagine Alexa, but right in front of your eyes," uh, which is kind of cool. I mean, I've, I find like Alexa to be quite helpful, you know, around the house and doing yeah, things. Yeah, AI assistants are pretty. Are pretty, yeah. pretty. I, I I'm really I've been really impressed with um, the we use a we use a, a site like we have a subscription to a site uh to make our um to make some of the reels that come out for our guests that we post on our social media and oh yeah yeah so when we put that together there's like an automatic subtitle generator and i could not be more impressed with how that happens yeah. it's good it's not it's not perfect like there are some you know i catch it a lot on instagram not 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 saying it's at like on our posts, but this, this, but the, a lot I of mean, a lot of posts. I mean, this that. one in particular, because yeah. I notice a lot. I notice it that it's not that it, that it's it's far from perfect on a lot of stuff on Instagram or, yeah. or wherever you're seeing it. Yeah. But this, um, this program in particular, um, it's called Headliner. Free plug for the for yeah. the uh, for the pro, for the site. They do such an incredible job where, when somebody says, if a guest, <clears throat> if we pull a clip and the guest says. You know, it's kind of about, um, you know, it's a, mm, and they, they sort of yeah, yeah. stumble before they actually get into the meat of what they're about to say. 
Headliner sees all of that that filler and just doesn't include it yes. in the yeah. in the subtitles. So all of that stuff won't show up in the subtitles. If you're hearing it, then you'll hear it, obviously. But if you're just reading it, you'll just read it as if there was no ums, ahs, you knows, any filler. It yeah. just compl- it just automatically takes it all out. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, here's uh, here's footage of these glasses uh, at work. So this is the uh, the first person to ever use them. Uh, she's a deaf woman. No, I think these are the meta Ray Bans. Can you see anything? Oh. Well, I'm talking to you. So, this She's is a totally new way of being able to communicate and be included in this. No, she's like, she, she's naturally looking at me, but she's realizing she doesn't have to look through me. She can just look through the glasses. You are the first deaf BSR. In the world to experience this. I'm assuming BSL is British sign language. Yeah. She feels very honored. Isn't that cool? Well, that's so interesting. So fascinating. They show, uh, you know, that there is another video. uh, It might actually be this one here, but, you know, someone who is deaf receives a phone call on on their iPhone and they just put it on speakerphone. He's going into now. This is the uh, the founder. He goes basically goes into how he decided to to uh, create the the glasses. So he has a 97 year old grandfather who had hearing loss. Hold on, but what you, what, what you said about the speaker? Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. put on speakerphone. Yeah, you just put it, on speakerphone, and the person's talking to you, and you can, as a deaf person who can't talk to someone on the phone, the glasses are hearing. The, the glasses the, are the, hearing the, what's coming out of the speakerphone and just translating before your eyes. Yeah, that's cool. And so you can have a conversation back. You know. That's Fuck right. it. I mean, it's it's wicked. It's so cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, co-founder Dan Scarf's 97-year-old grandfather's hearing loss and his subsequent difficulty participating in family gatherings inspired the idea for the smart glasses. Uh, where his grandfather came to life the most was watching television and using subtitles, Feldman said. He added, if he enjoys captioning, why can't we caption his life? And that was the genesis of how the product started. <clears throat> Super cool. I mean, like... You know, and this is uh, what I what I love about this is that this is the first time we're seeing something like this being implemented in in a way that like isn't crazy, you know, intrusive. It's not like awkward or fucking lame. You know, it's like when you think of like the first VR headsets. Yeah, they were fucked like they were just. They were so big. And you had to go they somewhere. They looked like shit. It. You had to go somewhere. Whereas like the first iteration of this is like, I mean, well, fucking pretty much like store ready. Yeah. Right I mean, there, because you know? AR and VR is sort of like. like it's the, come so far. It's sort of like it's it's um, it maybe not. Uh, this is maybe not the best comparison, but like the way that going to the moon in the 60s and preparing for that basically gave us a ton of medical technology mm. like the the research that went into figuring out how we get there and like what the dangers and things that you need to think about when going to the moon gave us gave us mri machines they gave us a ton of shit that yeah. we use to to you know detect a whole range of of things that save people's lives and so it's it, it's kind of like okay well we we started with ar and and vr and that has that that's like the primary function of that technology was like entertainment and gaming. Yeah, yeah. And now you start to see it as the technology evolves and it spills over into this like very se- seemingly easy to use and uh, and you know not very clunky thing that's really helpful for somebody who can't hear. Um, and that just seems like a that just seems like a no brainer. Yeah. I mean, is the, I think the challenge would be I don't know what I'm wondering what the what the percentage of the population is that has hearing problems i'm sure that's a pretty easy stat to find um i can't I imagine it's quite a big market so i um i can't imagine that it would be that expensive once it's scaled up so that you can make it accessible to everybody because obviously yeah. that's going to be the that's going to be the barrier to entry is going to yeah. be is going to be well the glasses and the technology <laughs> that goes with the glasses yeah so um some of the some of the tech that needs like some improvements um it's sometimes a struggle understanding group conversations when people speak over each other right um so uh, a fairly quiet environment is kind of also needed to interpret the speech accurately 
Um, compatibility is another issue that they're working on right now. I uh, love that my computer's crashed uh, right in the middle of re- reading that. They have, um, it's available on, on I think they said 12 different um, uh, Android devices. Um, sorry, 14 Android smartphone models. Um, and, but they're, it's not yet compatible with iPhone. Um, but a free version of the Apple app will be made available. But users will have to pay for like premium features. But guess how much the glasses are? The, the, I also thought this was kind of surprising. Well, who's making the glasses? Are um, they making the glasses? They, they are. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I thought they. Oh, I thought it was no. like a. I thought it was like an app or an integration or something. No, that, no, that went on. You know, I, I mean, I, I don't think I don't think AR glasses are very ubiquitous in the in culture. I I know that Meta makes makes one with Ray Ban, but I really don't know of any other glasses. So they're making their own glasses. They're making their own. Uh, I'm going to say that they are in the $250 range. Ooh, a little higher. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 484. 480. Okay. Well, that's. But I mean, a- even still, like I have a pair of sunglasses that are but is more it, expensive than if that. The, if the glasses do more. And that or, wasn't a flex. Just, that was just like, that was just like glasses no, are, are no, expensive no, sometimes. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Good. Yeah. High quality. Like, like <laughs> brand name glasses. Good. Are good quality glasses are cost money. Um, so I wonder how much is Meta's because if it's competitive with Meta's glasses and I'm, I keep on saying Meta because it's honestly the only um, AR glasses that I really know of. I don't really know any other brands. Um, Those looked super dumb too. Ray-Ban Story smart glasses. No, they just looked like they looked. They the, looked a little clunky. No, they were. They were just like they were just Ray-Bans, and they're just slightly thicker arms. I was like, yeah, that's the part that looked. I mean, I, maybe it's just a personal thing. Uh, they're four fifty nine, so that makes sense. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Although I guess the issue would be. So you're kind of you're probably not getting as much uh, functionality with these glasses, but you're getting like a very specific function. Yeah. In the in the um, in the like the feature for for deaf people. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so pretty neat. Would love to see where that goes in the future. Um, uh, the next thing I want to uh, kind of pick uh, talk to you about, which man, man, I love that my computer just just shit the bed <clears throat> how old's your computer um it's not the computer it's uh it's the application that i'm currently using which is brave and i think i'm moving on from that uh because it ain't working for me really regularly yep, yep. just keeps crashing you gotta go back to get the old goo <laughs> going back to chrome here we go uh here's a fascinating little study that um that i came across last week uh, just after we recorded Feel Good Friday, so I didn't get to put it in last week, but uh, it has to, it has, it's uh, it's it relates to us in the sense that um, we could be without even knowing it, we could be uh, satisfying psychological needs for people just by right. way of doing this podcast. So listening to podcasts may help satisfy our psychological need for social connection. The study finds. So podcast uh, listening may help people fulfill their social needs, according to a recent study uh, published in PLOS One. Um, the study found that people who listened to more podcasts per month reported a greater presence in, of meaning in life, and those who formed parasocial relationships with hosts reported a greater sense of relatedness. Now, parasocial relationships is something that I think we've kind of touched on before in the past, but it is, it's quite fascinating. Um, parasocial relationships are basically relate, like one-sided relationships, essentially. So uh, mm-hmm. parasocial relationship refers to the type of psychological relationship that is typically experienced by an audience when they encounter celebrities in the mass media. Uh, when in such relationship, members of the audience feel as though they have built a personal and reciprocal relationship with these media personalities, even with little to no interaction with them in real mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm. Uh, parasocial relationships are typically formed with celebrities such as actors, musicians, social media, social media influencers. And these relationships are one-sided, where our person invests time, emotions, and possible, possibly money into the other person, while the other party is unaware of their existence. Um, now, this set, like parasocial relationship sounds... Like you could read that and be like, that sounds like it's probably a yeah. negative thing yeah. or like a bad thing, which it can be. There's like a, there's sort of a, uh, 
a, like a hierarchy of parasocial relationship sort of order. So you have like entertainment social, which would be like a healthy parasocial relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Celebrity, celebrity is a source of gossip or entertainment, that kind of thing. You have intense personal um, parasocial relationships. So that would be like intensive, compulsive feelings towards uh, a celebrity. And then you have borderline pathological, which gets into like uncontrollable behaviors. Stalkers. Exactly. Like stalker type stuff. I mean, I feel like, I feel like the more, the more access that, and this is something that we've been talking about in like business conversations a lot lately, is like the more access that you have to somebody's like real and authentic thoughts. Like, like when we go, when we do this show, like we're not, we're not playing characters. We're not playing roles. We're just shooting the shit, talking about stuff. What you see is what you get. What you see is what you get. You know, we're, we're, we're real. We're raw. Yeah. Like we're neat, cool. Slick. This is it. And so when, when you have these like long form, these <laughs> long form conversations and chats that where you, you, you really do get to know somebody yeah. like on a pretty, in a pretty real way, maybe not in a reciprocal way where we're sharing stuff about each other because you know, the, our listeners are on the other end of a microphone or on the, on the other side of a headset that we, yeah. that we don't have access to that, but at least they're getting like the real, the real version of us versus like um, developing this relationship with an actor, for example, where you are right. seeing them almost exclusively portray a person like that Chris is, Evans, yeah. everyone's like, oh yeah, Captain America. Yeah, and it's like, well, I yeah. mean, I'm, Chris Evans seems to me like he's a fine fellow, but I don't know. Yeah. And how would you know? Yeah. And so I feel like there's like a greater health maybe of that relationship that goes along when with podcasters specifically because... Yeah, because you're getting the real, real. Podcasting, yeah. it has at least a greater tendency yeah. for people to be like authentic in how they're delivering yep. their media. So the uh, the authors of the study, Stephanie J. Tobin and Rosanna E. Guadagno, uh, wanted to delve deeper into the types of people who listen to podcasts, the way they listen to them, and their reasons for listening. The researchers also wanted to study the outcomes of podcast listening, suggesting that the practice might help fulfill basic psychological needs for autonomy, competence, and relatedness. Um, Tobin and Guadagno... Uh, distributed an online questionnaire to about 308 adults from various parts of the world, including the UK, the US, and Portugal. The respondents completed various personality measures like the need to belong, the need for cognition, so the extent that people enjoy thinking, um, and the big five personality traits. So the participants were also asked if they had ever listened to a podcast. If they had, they were then asked various questions about their listening habits. To assess potential outcomes of podcast listening, participants were next asked questions regarding their basic psychological need, satisfaction, the extent that they feel and search for meaning in life, their mindfulness, attention, awareness, and their susceptibility to smartphone addiction. According to the results, 78% of participants had listened to a podcast before. These participants had been listening to podcasts on average of three years and 3.5 hours per week. Um, in their analysis of the data, the researchers next examined whether certain personality traits predicted podcast listening. So this is really interesting. When examining each predictor separately, participants with higher openness to experience, in, uh, uh, internet-based curiosity, and the need for cognition were more likely to have listened to a podcast. The study authors say this suggests that people who listen to podcasts have higher informational needs. Uh, and that podcast listening likely allows them to explore new topics and engage in effortful thinking. Hmm. Within a model that included all big fi- uh, fi- big five personality traits, openness to experience positively predicted podcast listening, while neuroticism negatively predicted podcast listening. They hmm. said, quote, with people with a higher need to belong or less likely to have listened to a podcast, Tobin said. Higher need to belong. People with a listening. higher need to belong were less likely to have listened to a podcast. Interesting. Uh, the need to belong finding was actually surprising for them. Uh, they said we had predicted that these uh, that those with a stronger need to belong would be more likely to listen, given the social aspects of listening. Yeah, I probably would have predicted that. However, listening to more podcasts per month and higher social engagement with podcasts was tied to a greater presence of meaning in life. Uh, additionally, forming a parasocial relationship, a one-sided connection between an audience member and a media character, 
with podcast hosts was associated with higher relatedness. Relatedness is the basic psychological need for social connection and belongingness. And that really speaks to me because when I read this article, I couldn't help but think about um, early days of COVID. And, you know, when COVID popped off, um, I was alone in my house. Uh, Bridie had been, was, was out of province. She was like tending to her father who mm. was sick. So I was, I, ha- I was home alone with Bigby. It was just me and Bigby. And I started to notice that uh, prior to COVID, I hadn't listened very much to Duncan Trussell's podcast. I'm a big fan of Duncan Trussell and everything he does, but I, I was never like really digging into his podcast very much. Over that span of like, you know, heavy lockdown, when we were like washing groceries and shit, <laughs> um, I was, all I was doing was consuming the Duncan Trussell Family Hour podcast. Mm-hmm. And after a number of months, I, I started to notice like, oh man, I, I like, I could pick up on that parasocial um, connection mm-hmm. that like that, that one sided friendship where it was like, I feel like I know Duncan. And like, if I had, and if I saw him in, in person, if I was just like walking through the grocery store and I just accidentally bumped into Duncan Trussell, it would make for a really bizarre experience because I feel so, I feel like I know him so much, yet I know that I don't. And so it would make for, it would make for, like I've, I've run into like a number of celebrities or whatever in, in, in life, like just weird situations where I find myself in a place. And I'm like, Oh, wow, this is crazy. Like, so, like, you know, Seth Rogen is here mm-hmm. and those, those situations, it's like, Oh, this is kind of cool. Like maybe I'll have a chat with them and I'll say, you know, this or that. Or whatever. Like when I saw, I saw Hamilton Morris mm. um, at a music festival this summer. And I was, I just walked up and I was like, dude, thank you. Thank you for your work. I'm a huge fan. Like you, I think you're amazing. And he was like, Oh, thank you. And I was like, this is really cool. What a, what a cool thing to run into you. But if I ran into Duncan Trussell, <laughs> I think I'd be like, let's fuck. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Blow me. Uh, I'd be like, I, I don't know how, I don't know what to like, I don't know what to say to you right now. Cause it, it's, it's, it's much more, it's much different, more, more, it's much more intense than like a. And it's, and it's, it's much more like what Duncan Trussell is providing is, is much more ethereal. Like yeah. Hamilton Morris is kind of telling you like, some pretty interesting, like factual things. Yeah, but that- Duncan Trussell like babysat me during the during yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. You know, he yeah. was like, he he was literally like without even knowing it. And his content is much more like philosophical. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, but it, content aside, it's like it's just the fact that he spent unknowingly spent mm-hmm. t- so much time with me in a really hard time. You what know, I- and that and that like that built some sort of weird relationship that yeah. I still feel to this day. It's like, I still, I still feel like a, like if Duncan Trussell, God forbid died this week, I would be, I would be so devastated. And I, I can't really say that for many celebrities. Yeah. Well, cause you, know, you like, don't feel the connection. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was really sad when Robin Williams passed away, Robin Williams passed away. But like if Duncan Trussell died tomorrow, I'd be like, I, I would be like, like true grief. True, I mean, you can see grief. it. Like I, I read a New York times article, um, within the last couple of months and it had these really interesting graphs and it was all about, um, it was all about, uh, Google searches for celebrity names in relation to their death. Like when right. they die. Yes. Oh yes. That was a, that was an awesome article and how they're, yeah. and how, how the, the, um, like demand for that, for their, for searching their name, um, like either diminished or stayed strong over time. And right. it was causing, and it was drawing these relationships to basically what we're talking about now. Like mm-hmm. the societies at society at large, at large's um, connection to this, to this character, this, this person in uh, pop culture, mm-hmm. um, which was very interesting. But I would like, what I would like to see as like a follow-up um, study would be like, okay, so they're looking at these things and they're, and they're, they're coming up with these interesting things like the, uh, um, the, the need to belong um, connection, which, was, which I found very interesting. And then, and then going, okay, well, why don't we then, why don't we like subdivide into take, take like five of the most popular podcasts, but that are all in different genres. Mm. So maybe there's like, 
um, like an arts podcast that's really big. And then maybe you've got like Joe Rogan's podcast over here. And so you, then you've got these like distinct audiences and you mm-hmm. conducted the same study on 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 those specific audiences and then compared the results from each audience. Because, because I think um, like if you take Joe Rogan, for example, Joe Rogan takes a lot of, gets a lot of controversy because of he has such a gigantic podcast and he has so much influence mm-hmm. that you would probably draw... I think a lot of the reason why he takes so much controversy is because when he says something that people don't agree with, it's not just that they don't agree with him. It's that they don't agree with him and he's influencing so many people. Right. Yeah, right. And so you would kind of make a draw a connection between um, uh, gullible is not the right word, but like easily influenced people listening to his show. And that's sort of like your worry. Yes. Is that yes. there's such a large portion of uh, uh, easily influenced people taking something the wrong way, yeah. taking it out of context, believing in something without without questioning it. Yeah. Like that's I mean, Duncan Trussell started saying like it's it's okay to like it acts it's actually good for your health to drink like one ounce of of kerosene a day. I'd be like, all right, well, Duncan said so. So like let's get fucking chugging. <laughs> I might I might I might you know I might try it. Yeah. Like if Duncan Trussell was like you need to sun your asshole the f- the moment you wake up, like and he, and he just comes on, and he goes primals, get sh-, you know, like I'd be like, yeah, I'm in, I'm fucking, I'm down because Duncan it seems Trussell, it- D- Duncan Trussell follows the nine ancestral tenants. I'm fucking <laughs> up on it, dude. King. It's because it sounds like it sounds like the study is basically going. Podcast listeners are quite astute, intelligent, yes. and um, yeah. and and like self aware people. But I feel like there's a there's a lot of podcasts, and I think Joe Rogan's podcast is probably the most notable one. Yeah. To go to where people would probably, if you asked, if you asked twenty people, they would probably go, "Oh, I feel like that's not what his audience is." Yeah, right. Uh, that would be like the outside perception of that. Um, so yeah, I'd like to know. I'd like to know how this study fares in like specific podcast audiences, like yeah. popular podcasts. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, and, and the other interesting thing, I mean, we will move on from this, but, uh, the other interesting thing is I've noticed this, like at our live shows, like where somebody who listens avidly to our show will come mm. up to us at a live show and you can, you can like, sometimes they'll even say, they'll be like, this is really weird for me because I feel like I know you Yeah, yeah, very much. and so. you have no idea who the fuck I am. And, uh, and I've had people, I've had, like, I've talked to people in my own personal life. It's even more trippy when the, when that doesn't get said. And you just and, and you, you you feel like you've you've been launched into a conversation with and you can tell that they are they are they're right. approaching yes. the conversation yes. like you've had a thousand conversations. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um and I've had I've had people in my life at, be like, Isn't that is that weird for you? Is that like is that a weird and um although it's although it, it, I wouldn't say it's weird. It's not weird. It's it like although it's a, a unique experience to have mm-hmm. a conversation like that with someone. I really love it. It's you easier. Can, you get yeah. out, you don't you you skip the bullshit. That's right. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, cool. I now I have to play catch up to yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. You know, like there's no um there's that even though that that's that familiarity is only on one side, it sort of makes it sort of makes just hanging out a little easier. Yeah. Because you're, like, you're getting yeah, the yeah. vibe that This is you. Yeah. This is the real you. Yeah. Like you you've already got the real me, so you're not putting on any kind of mask. Yeah. You're just like showing up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, very, very neat. I, I, I you know, s- psychological studies, sometimes I read them and I'm just like, I, I find a lot of them hard to put into the show. Cause like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I read them and I go, that's, that's the dumbest study I've ever heard. <laughs> and it's always the psychological ones, but some, some of them are really interesting. There's one I'll tell you off air. Uh, cause I don't, I don't want to get into it, especially on a market. Um, <laughs> favorite one-hit wonder or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have or that tv show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon now what if we could fix it i'm francesca ramsey and i'm delon grant and after 20 years of friendship we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called let me fix it each episode we'll dig into our favorite celebrities shows and brands of yesteryear and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today think of our show as an intervention but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. All right, so here's a here's an interesting story. A naturopath 
um, who sold fake vaccine cards Uh-oh. is going to do time. If you're a naturopath, plug your ears because Jer's, Jer's about to fucking sound off. <laughs> Yo, I'm sounding off on this fucking ding dong. <laughs> uh, a naturopathic doctor who sold fake COVID-19. If, if anybody is out there doing this, <laughs> fuck you. So... A uh, naturopathic doctor who sold fake COVID-19 immunization treatments and fraudulent vaccination cards during the height of the coronavirus pandemic was sentenced in California on Tuesday to nearly three years in prison. I mean, why? Like, why, though? I mean, he must have been, uh, it's a she, must have been uh, an anti-vaxxer. Julie, oh, big time. Yeah. Julie A. Mazzi pleaded guilty last April in federal court in San Fran to one, counter, one count of wire fraud and one count of false statements related to healthcare matters. During uh, the hearing, U.S. District Judge Charles R. Brayer handed down a sentence of 33 months, according to um, a spokesperson Ouch. for the U.S. De- uh, Justice Department. Mazzi of Napa did not immediately respond to phone calls and emails seeking comment. Uh, she was ordered to surrender to the Bureau of Prisons on or before January 6th. Isn't that kind of crazy? Like that notion of getting sentenced, not being in jail. Yeah. And then them going, you got to come to jail uh, like on day. this day. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, honestly. 25th hour. You ever watch, I, remember that movie? Uh, I remember the title. Edward but Norton never... uh, gets gets busted for like a drug charges and he has to show up to jail. And one of the crazy scenes and like he's going to do. That's like a hard, 2000s movie, right? Yeah, he's going to do like hard time. And so there's a scene where he gets his best friend the day before to bring him. Like they go to this like park in like Central Park. He's under this bridge and he gets his friend to beat the fucking balls off him, like beat the fucking shit out of his face. So when he shows up to prison, he just looks mangled to, you know, to like, like signify that he's like fucking maybe crazy. Also make him a little less pretty. Cause like Edward Norton, very good pretty looking, boy. Good looking man. Back at, especially at this age yeah. when he was doing this movie. Um, anyway, dude, I think that if I was going to jail for two and a half years, and I had to report to jail. You'd flee, dude. I, I, dude. I, I don't think. I don't think jail's worth anything. I don't think anything's worth jail. Honestly, like, dude, I, I jail's just flee. gonna jail's just gonna fuck you. Yeah. If I mean, if I was gonna do three years, um, I, at that point, I'd just go. You know what? I'm gonna become the jail daddy. Like it's gonna be, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in there, and I'm gonna own the place and it's going to turn into uh, it's going to turn into like orange is the new black i've got like all my like all my jail minions kind of a dramedy they're like yeah exactly they're painting my nails and i'm fucking and i'm getting like contraband you know yeah i've got all the guards are like bringing in contraband in their asses yeah Um, i've got like like nine flip phones with like a shitty camera yeah you know yeah yeah i'm i'm going to start a new life somewhere that is my new life. That's what I'm saying too. I'm, I'm starting a new life, <laughs> and you'll never leave in jail. Oh yeah, dude. And you'll like, you'll all my meals taken care of for me. You'll like, commit some weird crime that has a really high sentence so that you can stay forever. Yeah, yeah. And like in there, in yeah, there, in the jail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and that's obviously. Um, well, we know what that is. Yeah, right. Yeah, we don't have to say it on the inciting a riot. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I don't think you go to jail for that. No, 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 no. Once you're in jail. So this is the thing. I got sentenced for three years. I feel like there's a. Now I'm in there. And then I incite a riot. And now I'm getting more. But what if you're running for president of the jail? What if you are president of the jail? Do you still go to jail for inciting a riot? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the warden doesn't give a fuck. The warden warden looks at the at like the jail kit, like the jail fucking boss, like the kingpin. And he goes, I don't give a fuck. Do you see what I'm saying? But I'm the boss of um, I'm the boss of all the people that I care about, right? The, the correction officers all I've become best friends with them. Probably have some relationships with a few right. of them. Yeah, you know, my my like prison buddies. You know, I would also bring peace. I'd be like, look, all this gang shit, guys. Right? No. Like, yeah. What are we doing? What are we doing? That's interesting. We just find we just find like we all decide if there's someone we don't like. We just take care of it. So like together. So you feel like you feel like prison reform comes from the inside. I'm not saying that. I'm saying like you like you need to <laughs> go to prison in order to change the system. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well yeah. well no, but no, see that yeah, it, it it would only change for that one prison that I'm in. Right. Yeah, it's not but gonna then, spread. Right. 
then you could make I would it, make it a really fun place that people go, you know what? This is this is great. Right. We don't no one's paying for rent. You get you get food. I would make it and like, you know. Oh man, can I We get like good hobbies? Like I get good hobbies in. Can I tell you a bummer story? <clears throat> That's gonna just bring down the vibe of Feel Good Friday, but it's but it's kind of important. <laughs> Should we finish this story of the lady going to jail for three years for giving out sure, tax? Sure. All right. Um, so um she did a bunch of dumb stuff. So, oh, and she also fired her attorneys and ended up representing herself. So that, and that's, that's, that says all you need. That's to another dumb thing. She did. <laughs> so, um, she provided fake CDC vaccination cards for at least 200 people with instructions on how to complete the cards and make them look like they had received a Moderna vaccine. She also sold homeopathic pellets. She fraudulently, uh, claimed would provide lifelong immunity to COVID-19. Oh, man. This is the uh, person that Aaron Rodgers told, was She with. told customers that the pellets contained small amounts of the virus and would create an antibody response, she said. Um, she was a charlatan. She was a snake oil salesman and, um, sorry, snake oil saleswoman. And, um, yeah, and like, you know, those people are fucking dumb. Like, just yeah. don't, don't do that. That's a dumb thing to do. Yeah, just don't do that. That's um, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty fucking clear. Um, so yeah, yeah I bring, actually, bring I, it, bring it down. I, us, dude. This is fucking too much fun. I meant to, uh, I meant to actually, I meant to tell you this when I came in today and then we got sidetracked on something else. And, uh, so, so last night I went out to, uh, last night it was, uh, just to like set the scene for other, for the listeners. It was like, I don't know, it was probably like, like four or five degrees and raining last night. Um, not like heavy rain, but it was wet, like wet as fuck. So wet. And I went outside to take Loki out. At like ten fifteen ten thirty, and uh, the elevator doors open into the lobby of my building, and uh, and there was somebody passed out. Oh no! In the vestibule, like the like. Oh not, yeah, like yeah. Not, not the not the inside of the building. The place that you like call to get buzzed in. Yeah, the middle place. Yeah. Um, and and there was like shit all over the ground and everything. Poop. No, no, sorry, not oh, sorry. Stuff, stuff, oh, yeah, yeah. stuff all over the ground. Yeah. Um, and and so I went over, I went over, and I just like before I opened the door, and I was with Loki, and before I opened, I opened the door, I just kind of like looked, looked, and and saw, and tried to like just take a second to figure out like what the fuck was going on here. Mm. And so there was there was like a bunch of cigarette butts, and there was a there was like what looked like um like a like a meth pipe and mm. on the ground and 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 then i and i saw this guy and like the way that he was standing and the way that there was stuff everywhere i was like holy fuck dude i think this person came in here and like and legit just like passed out on their feet and was like up against the wall in this weird position and um so i opened the door and i and i was like hey hey are, are you are you okay are you okay and 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 thankfully he was alive and he like he kind of he kind of started going like like grunting and started to like slowly move and was like oh i'm so fucking sore and he was he started to move and he was in a lot of pain and he oh, was no. like very groggy and and i was like man can i like can i like you know don't move too fast like are you okay yeah. like are you like do you, do you feel like anything's like broken or what's going and he was like he was very nice he was very like he was very like, oh, I don't know like where I am. And I mean, this guy was probably like once he got up and I saw him, he was probably like in his mid 20s. Oh, geez. And like just in really, really, really rough shape. And um, and, you know, there was like there was like coins on the ground and these cigarette butts and this, and this this pipe. And and like he was just and his eyes were really swollen, like just the picture of this guy, man, like just. Like just at like just at rock bottom yeah and i was like i was like can i can i what can i what can i do for you like can i take you to the hospital like are you in yeah you like you know do you need do you need do you need to see a doctor like yeah do you like what's going on what can i do and he was like he was like no like i can't go to the hospital they'll just kick me out of the hospital like I'm in a lot of pain, but like, I also need drugs and they just think I want drugs and I do want drugs, but like, I'm also in fucking pain. And I was like, Oh my God, like what a fucking situation. Like, what do you do? He is in, he is in legit pain, but he's also like, I do want pain drugs. Yeah. And like, 
Like I need both. Yeah. Like I want the drugs that they want to give me because I want drugs, and but I also, I also need, need I also need medical attention. Yeah, yeah. And uh and so like I kind of helped him get his pick up pick his stuff up and 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 the whole time I'm sitting this I, I'm doing this, I'm thinking like, man, not everybody is gonna come out here and talk to this guy like this. No, you no, know? no, like, no. So no. so like and I don't want him to end up in a worse situation. I don't want him to end up like with cops roughing him up or, yeah, yeah. or going into jail and then getting roughed up in jail. Like I, and then on the, on the flip side of things, I'm going like, is, is a jail cell like the safest place for this guy to be tonight? It's freezing outside. It's raining. Yeah. yeah. Like, so anyway, I was like, let's, let's like go stand outside underneath this awning, you know, so that, so that we can just avoid somebody, somebody coming in and being like, I'm fucking going my cops. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so we go, we go and stand outside and, and I'm, I'm just kind of sitting with them and, and I'm asking them like, you know, are you sure you don't want me to take to the hospital? Like, is there like, do you, do you ever stay at a shelter? Is there somewhere that I can take you or like somewhere that I can call for you to, yeah. to, to, you know, get a roof over your head? And he was like, I don't go to shelters. Like I, I don't, like I sleep outside, I'm homeless. And like, I, I don't, I don't stay ever stay anywhere. And, and, and then he. And then he started to get, and then he, he started looking for fentanyl in his pocket. And he, I know that cause he said it specifically and he, and he couldn't find it. And he got really, really mad, like really, really mad. That's and how so, mad I get when I can't find my nicotine. Yeah. And you, so you know, the, the addiction. Yeah. And he started, and he started yelling and I was like, man, like I get it. You're fucking livid about this. But like, I, again, like, I don't want you to end up in jail if that's going to be yeah. Even worse for you, yeah. and like if you're yelling or if you go back in there, like it's gonna be someone's, no bueno. someone's gonna call the cops and you're gonna end up in a fucking jail cell. And I I don't think that's what you want. So like I don't want you to do that. And I just I just sat outside with him for like 15 minutes and just like chatted with him and 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 like just felt so fucking hopeless, like help, yeah. helpless because I was like I want to do something for you. I don't really know what to do for you. Yeah. Like I like a shelter or the hospital is like really the only two things I can think of that are like tangible, actionable ways yeah. to help you. Like I, I don't know what to do. And then, and then, and then ultimately, you know, after 15 minutes or so, I was like, I was like, I mean, I was fucking cold as shit. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I got to go back inside. I'm with Loki. Loki's fucking shivering. And then, and I, and I'm thinking to myself like, man, I feel so fucking shitty because I'm a, I'm saying I got to go back inside because I'm cold. I didn't say I got to go in because I'm cold, but I, I'm, that's why I feel like yeah. I need to go inside. And I'm about to go up to my apartment and get into my cozy bed in my nicely acclimatized apartment and with all my amenities yeah. and all my luxuries. Do you think Kylo would have minded if you let him come up with you and crawled into the bed? Kylo would have definitely been upset with that decision. Right. And so I was like, and I just, and, I, and I'm going, and I don't know where you're going to go or what you're going to do. Yeah. And he, and he said, when he got upset about not finding his fentanyl, he was like, he goes, dude, this is fucking heartbreaking. He goes, I just don't want to go fucking steal shit all night. Ah, oh, God damn, dude. Cause he goes, cause he was like, he was like, he was, he was going, that was a hundred dollars. I, and now it's gone. And I, I just don't want to go steal stuff all night to get yeah, more drugs. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God. I mean, it's just, it was just a heartbreaking situation. I just felt helpless. Like I just didn't know, didn't know what to do. And it's uh, it's a, I mean, you know, I feel like, I feel like every, every, every province, I mean, probably every fucking state, um, we're all kind of dealing with this, this issue right now. Like uh, the, like the housing issue is fucking big time. And it, it pours out into, it pours into the, the, you know, medical system. It pours into the, like, it's, it's just, it, it just spreads out and affects everything, you know? Um, and sorry, sorry, like drugs are, you know, the, 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 the legality surrounding fentanyl and drugs, like that also ties into it. It's just such a fucking complex awful gross situation where it seems like there are some like not answers but there are some positive things that could happen that could like alleviate some of this but like it's just there's no there's no 
And there's, out, there's not really anyone really stepping up to do anything about it, you know? And outside of outside of somebody who who like works at a shelter or something like that. Mm. I'm like I'm I'm like one of the people who should know who who has like the yeah. most knowledge. Yeah. And which which still isn't anything. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. I talk to people we we talk to people about this stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. About all these topics, all the topics that are that are like central to his existence and his life and the troubles that he has. Yeah. And and I'm like, if I don't know what to do, then there's almost nobody that knows what to do. Yeah. And that was just like, I mean, so like, sad, I can't yeah. force the guy. I can't force, I can't, I can't be like, get in my fucking car and go to the hospital with me. I can't force no. him to do anything. No. He's volatile, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. Like, very sweet. And he was very appreciative. He was like, he was, he was very much like, when I was like, I don't want you to get, end up in the back of a cop car. You could tell that he was like, he was like, whoa. Don't thanks. hear that often. Yeah. And I was like, holy fuck, dude. Cause it, cause that's his life. You know, mm-hmm. he's just encountering people all the time that are just like, did you, you know, recognize him? Was he uh, fam- like, cause we no. have like some familiar faces. No, I never, here. no, I've never seen him before, which was, which I thought was strange. Yes. Cause yeah, cause, yeah we have a lot the of characters. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a main cast of characters yeah. that we, we know just, yeah. like, just here in the neighborhood. Yeah. Nobody that I'd, uh, nobody that I'd seen around, uh, yeah. that I'd seen around town. So. Well, you know, um, again, just another example of how uh, this drug crisis is is wreaking havoc across the country. Yep. The housing crisis is wreaking havoc across the country. And it's having an effect on the health of our nation, you know. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll see some changes in the next few years. But I'm sure, you know, I feel like people have been saying that shit for I know. eons. I know. Um, well, let's, uh, end things on, uh, not so much a lighter note, but a more, uh, what the fuck note with, uh, this week's episode or edition of what the hell? Oh, what the <laughs> hell? I was going to talk about CTE, but, um, uh, we'll, I'll, we'll talk about that next week. CTE is weird. Yeah. It's weird. Really weird. Um, <laughs> really weird. Really, really weird. Uh, so this is a fucking nutty story coming out of uh jolly old england uh channel four everyone loves channel four over there uh they are going to dissect a mother of two's dead body on air for the very first time the channel four is set to air a new documentary that will show a woman's body being dissected the program titled my dead body (laughs) will mark the first time a named donor has been dissected on TV. So like they know who it is. Yes. Um, this is the woman. And it's wild to me that this is the best picture that they could find of her. Um, uh, is she, to, uh, Tony Cruz had uh, cancer um, and she died of cancer uh, at 20 in 2020 at the age of 30. Is she missing an eye or is that blurred? That's an eye patch. Uh, I think she's probably missing an eye. There's like a, a sort of, uh, Skin colored eye patch. Yeah, or yeah. Uh, the series will be narrated by her, by her own words. Whoa. Um, and shows the dissection of a, uh, in a series of educational workshops intended to educate the viewer on the science of cancer. Wow, that's interesting. Um, Cruz uh, was diagnosed with cancer in the tear gland in 2016, a rare form of disease which led her eye to being removed. In 2020, she was informed that her condition was terminal. Agreeing to donate her body to medical science, Cruz also consented to it being placed on public display. Earlier this year, she became the first British cadaver to be dissected in a public display for almost 200 years. Isn't that wild? Oh, wow. <coughs> they pro- I guess they probably would have done it with... Um, oh, yeah. Back like in the day, they were like, and shit, like... They were doing it just like, guys, come. We're going to dissect the guy in the, in the, in the fucking town yeah. square. Come, like, come like, watch. So, like somebody that... Like, a little a, bit of like a different a, dissection. Like, like a criminal. Yeah, but also just, yeah, yeah, totally. But like doctors were just like, you guys want to come see this shit? Yeah. People just crowding over, sneezing into the fucking, like, just crazy. Sne- Wait, what? Is, what about the sneezing? Well, they, you know, they all, they were all sick back then. <laughs> right. They're sneezing yeah. into, into the dead body. I mean, not that it mattered for the dead body. Right. Because it was dead. You know? Um, so, <laughs> so agreeing to donate her body to medical science crew. Cruz also consented to be, oh, right. Uh, so uh, Professor Claire Smith, head of the anatomy at Brighton and Sussex Medical School, 
uh, said, <laughs> in the span of eight words, you you took that accent from like ten percent to ninety percent. Like, yeah, <laughs> we have we have been so privileged to explore the journey of cancer through the incredible donation made by Tony. As part of this documentary, we were able to invite more than one thousand students, including nurses, paramedics, and neuroscientists, who would normally get to who wouldn't normally get to learn about this one in a million cancer. Super rare cancer. Oh, it's a really rare cancer. Yeah, yeah. So Tony's gift of body donation doesn't end with this documentary either. Her body will be used to educate our medical students and doctors for years to come. The program will feature home video footage of, as well as interviews with her family. Cutting-edge voice replication technology will also be used to provide narration. Oh, so so, she, so she's not actually narrating. It's it. like AI-based. They took her they yeah. took her voice sample. Yeah. And are making her making her fucking voice. crazy, dude. Wow. Uh, Anna Morales, Channel 4's commissioning editor, said this landmark documentary will bring together the latest in anatomical science and cutting edge tech to tell one of the most intimate stories of all. How a young mom bravely fought for her life against a rare form of cancer um, by donating her body to public display. The first of its kind in the UK. Tony Cruz has given an ex- given us an ex- extraordinary and unique insight into the journey of the disease while the presence of her voice in the form of diary entries, letters, and social media posts ensure the film is filled with all the warmth and generosity that characterized Tony's inspiring life. Black Mirror. That is very Black Mirror, dude. I mean, it's, it's very Black Mirror. The, I mean, that's like that's kind of the foundation for the episode with uh, Domhnall Gleeson. Right. Yeah, the, the, the like inflatable doll boy. Uh, well, he was... Uh, I mean, Didn't she... You know what? You know it they, started out as a chatbot. Yeah, you know what they should have done though. You and know, then what? it was a full, fully, full, fully full, formed like humanoid. But you know when she goes to like she she unboxes the humanoid. The missed opportunity for a little bit of comedic relief in that episode would have been that he comes in this like package that's about like the size of a wallet, and you open it up and this is like this little mini Donald Gleason, and then you got to put him in a tub, and like the and and right. let it and it grows with like what is over, that? What remember that toy? Of? You remember that toy? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. It was like a, it was like a, a man that yeah. it was like a he man that you put in the water and then it just like <laughs> absorbs water and gets yeah. fucking huge. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> it was like around the time of like chia pets. Yes, yep. like when we were like twelve or something. Like so that. good, yeah. yeah. Um, crazy though. I would, I would actually, I, I mean, it'd be probably a hard watch just for your heart, but I would love to watch that documentary. Um, I wonder what the that? response is from. Said she was a mother too. Like, I wonder what the. And she seemed she's quite young, so I guess her kids are probably quite young, probably ten or less. I would say they probably yeah don't really have much say. Yeah, no, not that they would have much say, but like if they were older, like I wonder if they, like how cool they would be with it. Not how cool do you think you would be with it if it was your dad? Uh, well, I mean, I'm personally, I'd be like, well, it's not my fucking choice. Yeah. So you know, yeah. it's you know, it's what he wanted. Um, but not everybody feels that way about no stuff. totally I mean I would feel I would be like that's fucking cool yeah I mean I that's would. super cool yeah even if I wasn't cool with it it would be like well you're that's your choice you're you know when I opened that article because it was about body donation I was expecting it to be like you know the US military blew her up yeah like on like yeah they like just strapped mines to her and blew yeah. her up and they made a documentary and about like it. different parts of her were scattered but this is much sweet states. this is much nicer very nice. Than yeah, that, much, nicer, uh, much than, nicer. Than that criminal way of. This is where you really want, like, when you donate your body to medical science. What you science, hope it, yeah, exactly. What, what you hope happens. Yeah. But it, but it uh, is. I mean, the so like the the dissection thing on TV is quite wild, um, which also reminded me of this podcast. And I I think I talked about this recently, but like this podcast I've I've been listening to about um, executioners and executions in general. Like executioners, as in like current. Uh, current prisoner execution, no. like prisoner execution now, or like executioners from like back in the day. No, yeah. So primarily about uh, like medieval, uh, sort of fourteenth century, yeah. uh, executioners in like Europe. The guys that are chopping heads off and dropping the guillotine. And- yeah, yeah. So yeah, they, so there's a there's a a book that I that I'm, I'm I might buy, and the book is about um, I forget the name of it, but the book is um. Executioners are super fucking interesting. They were like pariahs in their in their town, like they were completely um, isolated from the rest of the town. Huh. Everybody looked at them as though they were they were they had some sort of like almost um, magic ability, which is interesting because 
so many people thought it was so so fun and cool to go watch people get their head chopped off. They did watch, They did think it was fun and cool to watch, but um, but the person who did the act was uh, almost almost like um, almost like a god to them, and 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 not like a god in like a, we praise you, but a god in in the sense of like like there's like a a, a fear mm-hmm. and, and awe of mm-hmm. this person. Um, so much so that like if you brushed up, if you touched an executioner, if you if you if you came into physical contact with an executioner, you would now be uh, you, you would now be convinced that you are going to have bad luck for the rest of your life. You've shamed your entire family. Mm. Uh, you probably should just like end your life. Like it, it's it was it was wild. Anyway, also executioners. Super rich. They were making fuckloads of money, but no one gave a shit because oh, interesting. they were just wow. So anyway, what an interesting, uh, it, what an interesting I- irony. Super ironic. You know? And then also in terms of like family and like love, because they were so ex- excommunicated from the mm-hmm. society, it it ended up like there was a lot of inbreeding in executioner families because it was just like it all it just kind of all had to right. stay in the family because like yeah. And if you and if you were born, if love. your father was an executioner, you had no choice of what the fuck you were going to do in life. You were going to be an executioner, or, 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 or nothing. Like it's it's it, there's no option for you. Anyway, getting ahead, of, getting like off topic here, but um, the 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 question of this podcast. It was a hardcore history episode. It was basically about like if if so back in the day. You know, back in whether we're talking about like the Roman times, like in the Colosseum, you know, where where like people are showing up, eating their like Roman fucking popcorn, watching romaine lettuce, yeah, romaine lettuce, um, watching, um, you know, gladiators slice each other up to the death, Caesar salads, um, or you know, fast forward a number of centuries to the 14th, 15th century, where you have executioners, you know torturing dudes on a on a on a on a a raised deck and literally hundreds of thousands of people gathering to watch like it's like bigger than the fucking super bowl um and is that what is that is that human nature right like or is that or or is that um or is that just like misguided culture and 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 like so, so, you know, the question basically was like, let's say someone made a movie today <clears throat> and the movie was, you know, the latest like Marvel blockbuster hit or, you know, let's use, let's uh James Bond or, J- or Jason Bourne. It's like the next Jason Bourne movie. And they made two versions of the film. One version of the film is the one that we would typically see where, you know, all the violence is, um, is, is acting it's all it's all simulated and then they they shot for shot exact same film exact same lines exact same cast as the other one but every death is real Uh and every every act of violence actually plays out and they release both of those movies at the same time which one do you think would have a higher box office hit the real one or the fake one Probably the real one. It's hard to say. Like I, you know, I don't know the answer. Perhaps. I mean, it's hard to say. Which is fucking wild because there's outside factors involved. Like, like, like you've kind of you have to ignore a bunch of factors. Like that wouldn't be allowed to be. Well, right, sure, sure. Of course, of course, of course. But like putting that aside, like let's just say you you did it. You did. It was totally fine. It was allowed to to be released. Yeah. And, and so that speaks to like, what is, is that a, is that an innate thing built into us? Like, like an innate morbid curiosity? I'm sure there's, a, there, you're definitely going to have people out there that go, absolutely not. That's yeah, insane. I would never. Yeah. But you're definitely going to have a fuckload of people too that would be like, I'll watch that. I'll pay money for that. Yeah. That would be extremely uh, traumatic for a lot of people. Um, now, even though, now they, even though they don't, even, now, though do you, even though they're signing up for it willfully. Sure. Now, now, so, which begs the question, all those people that, back in the, you know, back in the 14th century that like went to the town square and watched a guy get broken on the wheel. I mean, it do you think some of those people were like, this is true. As much as I'm loving this right now, this is fucking me up. This is traumatizing. Me. Yeah. I mean, like there's so many things that are, that you said it was, uh, I, I don't know the words you use were good. Um, you, you, you've got good words. Um, 
If you're gonna cough, can you please leave the room? Uh, what What did you say? You said you said a cultural something. You said yeah, yeah. It's, yes, right. Is it like is this a is this a cultural sort of innate built in thing or, or you said oh you said, you said misguided culture? That's what you said. Misgu- right, right. Um, I mean, there's there are. I mean, if you look back, I mean, fuck, we're not we're not super far removed from like slavery in terms of time, like relative time, mm-hmm. and it's like you know there was a point in time where like the most prominent you know, more uh, seemingly moral people in society in the in that in that day's society held slaves because yeah. because it just wasn't regarded as a moral issue. Or I mean, until I mean, until it was talk about fucking something a little bit more. That's that's had a little resurgence. Uh, old old Hitler there. Um, <laughs> you know, like I watched a movie last night. Come, it's called Come and See. Uh, one of the best films I've ever watched in my life. Probably will never want to watch it again. And also made a massive mistake eating an edible before watching it. So fucked up. Uh, it's a Soviet Russian film from the 80s. And it's like an anti-war movie. I think the original title literally was supposed to be Kill Hitler. And it's about uh, a Bel- Belarusian boy who, uh, you know, like a, te- like a teen, like 13-year-old boy who gets swept up in World War II. Wants to be a soldier very quickly realizes that was a mistake. And um, it's one of, it, it, it's, 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 it's fucking phenomenal that this movie was even made because it is so disgusting and so horrid um, that like, like this movie could like, you know, this movie could actually like tra- traumatize. I'm sure this movie has traumatized a lot of people. The last like, 30 minutes of the film you are really seeing it really does a great job of of hammering home how fucking insane nazis were you know like you you hear like i remember as a kid i was obsessed with the holocaust reading books yeah you know like you know watching movies like i remember even even schindler's list did like a pretty good job of that too yeah but this this movie's on another level and it's like it's like when you see when you see it in this movie, it, it kind of you're kind of like, oh, oh my god, what we we're awful, humans but, are awful. But like, like but 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 n- Nazism and that like like most of the world, I shouldn't right, say right, most but, of the but, world, but, but my, a very large portion of right, the world but my point saw there, it in the moment as no, that's sure, not sure, sure, sure. But an entire country. Where I, and, and and I'm not saying that every German was like, yeah, kill every Jew you no, see. I think it was very, but, it was very divided. But there was very divided, but the, but a lot of people, yeah. right? So yeah, it's yeah. so and and what's the you know what does that come from? It, I mean, that stems from a a legit psychopathic fucking insane monster. Um, holds holds power over the yeah. country. Like he's he's the leader of the country. So you have a psychopath in power. It's like let's take Ted Bundy and let's make Ted Bundy the president. What the what the fuck do you think is going to happen? Yeah, but the fact that there's so many people that were like, "Yeah, I'm a Nazi," and I'm just gonna follow orders. Like, we're a, like we are a really fucked up. We're a really fucking susceptible, fucked up, weird. Like we're doing something. We're doing something now as a society. Like, like probably almost ubiquitously across all cultures, all races, all religions. That in in 150 years, we'll go. I can't believe we were doing that. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I, I, like, because because by its very nature, it's something that we don't see. Yeah, and we will go. Why were we doing that? I can't believe that a very giant portion of the population thought that that was. We're okay. having we're having sex. We're having sex with a real person. Right. Instead of just like booting up your neural link to have, to have, uh, to co- to have sex constantly, never not having sex. I mean, I, I know you're, I know you're, you're, you're kind of joking, but kind like, of that's serious. crazy. They didn't just live in fuckville, but like, like what, forever. What it probably is, if I had to, if, I, if that thing that just popped into my head is killing animals for food. Right. Like, I could see that being something that in 150 years people will go, yeah. Wow, I can't believe yeah. they used to kill hundreds, well, millions of animals yeah. every year for well, food. Watching Come and See last night, guaranteed 100% there was a scene where a cow gets shot for real. Mm-hmm. 
and you watch this cow die. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, that's really hard to watch. Like, they used to do that. They used to, like, kill animals in movies. Right. There but, was, like, like, just no, uh, no, no one gave a fuck. Like, you watch Apocalypse Now, you're watching a cow get sacrificed for real. And it's like, holy shit. Yeah. That really, uh, it really guts you when you're watching And it like it's that. crazy because you, you see that, and if you know that that really happened in the movie, it shakes you. But then you don't make the same. The average person does not make the same, does not draw the same conclusion when they eat. Right. You know, there and is a little bit of a difference there. Though. There is. A, of course, you know, there, the, of course, the difference with the eating is like, of course, there is a difference. Yeah. But at the but I, and I mean this from the perspective of 150 years from now, when most likely the meat that you are eating is going to be grown, cult, is going to be cultured. And you and the idea of of taking the life of an animal to eat is so ridiculous because it's so yeah. obvious that you don't need to anymore. Right. To get the same thing. Man, you really need to read Orcs and Crake. For real. Okay. After, especially after saying Do you that. have it? I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll lend it to you. Uh, well, that's it, folks. What a weird, um, <laughs> what a weird episode. Yeah, we went on a bit <laughs> just of went a, on a fucking tear. I yeah. uh, hope you enjoyed that. Uh, don't worry. Brian will be here next week to keep us, um, uh, to rein everything back in. Uh, unless he dies. I don't know. We have, I mean, we, we no really idea. have no idea. The we course have, of this illness is yet to be determined. We have no idea. Um, I mean, he just has a cold, but like... He could, never know. Yeah, he, yeah, he could fall. He could fall off his balcony. Like you know, he goes out on his balcony, and Maddie says something really funny. He laughs so hard that mm-hmm. he like accidentally flips over, yeah. and he's on the 14th floor, so he would probably die. Yeah. So, um, so we'll see. Uh, next week, if Brian does survive the next seven days. Uh, in the meantime, though, if you want to support the podcast, you can do that by leaving a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can leave a rating on the Spotify mobile app, or. You can even come join the conversation over on our Discord. We have lots of uh, fun episode discussions happening over there. People adding to Feel Good Friday content. Uh, the Wordle channel is still popping off, which is so wild to me. I haven't touched Wordle in so long, but it's nice to see people still working their little brains every morning and trying to solve that one word with those six letters. Um, and for uh, that explanation of Wordle. Yep. Uh, and that's all I have to say about that. Wonderful. And if you have anything to say about anything that we talked about or anything that's tickling your little brain, uh, not your little brain in a derogatory way, but your little brain in a cute way. Your little puny, little tiny peanut brain. Cute, cute brain. Um, then you can let us know at letters at sickboypodcast.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can uh, go to our website, sickboypodcast.com slash contact, fill out the guest form, be a guest on the show. And uh, thanks to everybody who makes this show happen. Uh, we've got uh, myself and uh, Jay Sond over here. Um, everybody call you Jay Sond? No, dude, no. Well, I'm starting. Uh, B. Stever, not with us today. Uh, Jay Lonis and uh, D. Morgan on the uh, on the sound design over there. So we uh, we really appreciate it. Um, and uh, Rich O'Coin for doing the theme music. Thank you very much, old Richie boy. Our oak. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Good old arrow out there. Uh, that's it for this week. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. It really does throw you off, that missing beat, doesn't it? For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.